has gone on, what will go on Saturday at 11 a.m. is those guys playing their best football. And that's our expectation. You know, that's going to be the reality of it, regardless of, of what has happened. I truly believe, man, what's going to happen is those guys are going to play their butt off on Saturday, and we will too. But that's, that's what we're expecting. Final hour of the rush, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. He's at Ashtagar Bar in Tulsa. That's OU offensive coordinator Jeff Levy. Yeah, smart man. He's right. OU is going to get Nebraska's best shot in Lincoln on Saturday. What does that mean? Is Nebraska's shot even best shot even good enough to win this game on Saturday? I guess we'll find out at 11 a.m., big noon on Fox, huh? Me still thinks that uh, OU is going to win this football game, but will I be shocked if it's close in the fourth quarter? Probably not, Travis Davidson. If you have a midweek uh, score prediction, what are you kind of leaning towards right now at this point? Oh, mid midweek score prediction. I think I Let's... did mine yesterday, and I said OU 38, Nebraska 23. So just for reference, that's where I was at yesterday. Okay, let me go. Let me go 31-13. 31-13. Dominant, well, not dominant, but a pretty good defensive performance against a pretty good offense. That covers. Uh, yeah, I, well, it, I, I would take 31-13, offering it right now. Are you yeah. kidding me? I lock it away. I'm, I'm taking that right now. It's not the offensive uh, explosion that uh, some other teams have had against Nebraska, including that of Georgia Southern last weekend, but I don't care what it looks like. An 18-point win on the road. That would be Nebraska's first double-digit loss in what their past thir- in their past 14 losses that they've had. 14, yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, their last double-digit loss was November 21st of 2020 against Illinois, 41-23. But they've lost 13 games since, and they've all been single-digit losses, which is astonishing, to, uh, you know, and incredible. I. Uh, I have a bunch of random statements about college football right now. Some of them have to do with OU. Some of them do not. You, I, and the text line, we're going to discuss if these are complete overreaction after two weeks or if these are dead-on balls accurate. And where I'm going to start is here. After Alabama barely won in Austin last Saturday, Travis, Bama is just, I mean, they're good, they're really good, but we clearly overvalued Alabama. They're not as good as we thought. Is that a massive overreaction, or is that dead on balls accurate? Well, I I think they're still as good as we think. I just don't think that they're good enough to overcome 15 penalties for 100 yards and still look dominant. Uh, I think they still showed flashes of what they – are and what they can be. Look, they had they had close games on the road last year, and they played in the national title game. So, based on what we know about Nick Saban, uh, what we know about Bryce Young, what we know about those those pass rushers, uh, Jason McClellan, yeah, I yeah I I don't think. I don't think Alabama is uh, is having a down year, I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be fine, don't get me wrong. But are they as good as we thought that they were going to be after two weeks? I'm going to say that that is dead on balls accurate. Their offensive well, it's, line. it's one of those where, where, like, okay, 
did you think they were good enough to get into the national title? I guess is the question. And if you if you think they were, then it looks like they're pulling the same crap they yeah. pulled last year. I, I just clo- I, you know. I guess I'm seeing more flaws with their team than I thought that they were going to have. Um, the wide receiver, the wide receiver yes. experience is definitely an issue. Yes, um, but I still I still think until I see them lose as a massive favorite like they did last year against A and M. I don't know. I, I still think they clean up those penalties and they win going away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hey, look, I I've got all the confidence in the world. Unfortunately, that Bama's going to figure it out and get it all together. But <laughs> at least right now, I'm like, dang, the wide receiver drops, the offensive line, the penalties that they had. Dang, I thought Bama was going to be set coming out of the gate, but they're like everyone else. They got to get a whole lot better in in a hurry. Um, reaction number two. Regardless of what the stats say, that does not matter. Marcus Major is, in fact, OU's best running back right now. Is that an overreaction, or is that dead on balls accurate? I think I think it's a slight overreaction. I don't think you can throw out. I don't think you can throw out the the versatility that Eric Gray brings. Again, I I may be overvaluing this. I'm perfectly fine with overvaluing it. I think the ability to split out Eric Gray into the slot, I think it gives the offense so much uh, more flexibility in the looks that they can give the defense. Um, When you have Marcus Major and you're kind of locked into, you know, a certain set of plays, it seems so far. Now that could change entirely, but so far what we've seen is – is we've kind of been locked into one particular way to play Marcus Major. I think it's right, man. I think I, uh, yeah, the shake that he showed me on Saturday in the open field, and I know that that's not the first time we've seen it, but I've just been waiting to see it for Eric Gray now, going on for two years, dude. And I'm not saying it's all been bad. I'm just waiting to see a big play running back that he's got a hole, he's got some space, He's got enough speed to take it to the house. Like, when I look at his build, that's what I think I should be be getting here. Is a guy that gets to the second level, sorry, you're not going to catch him. He's going to run all the way for a touchdown. And he had that opportunity last week against Kent State, and he got caught. So, I've I've been waiting on it for Eric Gray. Maybe it'll show up as soon as this Saturday. But I think that what Marcus Major gives you, especially in short yardage and goal line sets – I, I like him as your best running back up to this point. I Well, I do think I do like Marcus Major in short-yarded situations. I think it's a no-brainer to have him in, in, in red zone and in. Basically, the first 80 yards, let Eric Gray you know handle that, and then the last 20, let Marcus Major go to work. I mean, we're, we're, we're splitting hairs maybe. Um, I mean, you've got, you've got Eric Gray, 6.7 yards per carry with a long of 44. And then you got Marcus Major a yard ahead of that at 7.7 with a long of 27. Now, where Marcus Major, you know, tips the scales a little bit is that touchdown number because, again, I think he is your finisher on drives. Uh, let's see. We've got hot take on the text line from Taylor and Owasso. We do have uh, – we have a 23-year-old who is a Braxton from Edmond. He's never seen My Cousin Vinny, where this is from. Uh, Braxton, do yourself a favor and watch My Cousin Vinny. 
It's it's an all time <laughs> classic. Please, please watch my cousin Vinny at some point. Um, everyone else saying that the the Bama take is not everyone, but Sooner Soldiers saying this happens when Bama plays someone other than a cupcake of a non conference game. Um, so yeah, most people though, as I'm reading the text line, are saying a slight overreaction that Marcus Major is running back number one, which I gotta say surprises me a little bit. Definitely surprises well, I don't, me. I don't think. I, I think it was perhaps the verbiage for me with, look, throw out the stats. That's like being a bad test taker, right? It's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm just a bad text. Oh, you're bad at the part where we find out what you know? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> like you're bad at the stats part? Like, uh, like, that's, ne- kind of, that's, that's funny to me. Next take. They're ranked number one this week, and for good reason, because the Georgia Bulldogs are – actually the best team in college football after two weeks in the season. Oh, that's dead on balls accurate. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hard to argue that, which, you know, they, they didn't play anyone good last week. What did they win, 30 to nothing, 33 nothing last I week? I think 33 nothing. We won 30, 33, 33 to three. Uh, big, uh, you know, big scoring weekend for Trey's Bar and Grill. You know, I got threes everywhere up in that place, so. 33 to 3 and 33 to 0 were uh, were big for us. Now, we'll see how good Oregon is this week. Like they've got a chance to redeem themselves a little bit with that home game against BYU, but I think we all saw what Georgia did week 1 against Oregon, which was a complete absolute domination of a performance. And it could, was... and it could have been worse. Could have been worse. Um, as we touch on the running backs, I want to get your thoughts. You think we see Gavin Sawchuck at all this year? Um, at all this year, yeah, I mean, yeah, with the redshirt rule and the fact that he can play four games and keep it, yes. Is it imminent? I just, I don't necessarily feel like it is. But at some point, will we, will we see him? I, I think so. Yeah, it's interesting because as we get through these first couple games, uh, you know, against, you know, lesser opponents, uh, just overmatched opponents, this is where, you know, you expected to see Really, okay, is Booty going to get in? Are we going to let Davis Bevel spin it a little bit? You know, is Gavin Sawchuck going to get in? What kind of freshman are we going to get looks at? You saw Jandre Williams end uh, the game with an interception in week one. Like, you know, that's when you expect these things to happen. How much mop-up duty is left on the schedule? I mean, Kansas, Kansas, first of all, Kansas leads the country in scoring, which is insane. They're 2-0, and they sit atop the Big 12 because they're the only – team that's actually played somebody in conference after their win against West Virginia. So number one team in the Big 12, the Kansas Jayhawks, number one scoring average in the country, Kansas Jayhawks. So, you know, where, where is the mop-up duty left on the schedule? Is there any? There will be. I, yeah. I, there, there, oh, I think so, too. It's just you got to pick it out. Yeah. I mean, not only that, but you're going to want to get – Tawie Walker, who's down the depth chart a little bit, carries. I mean, I, I, I hear you. Is he going to get a carry at some point this year? I think the answer to that is yes, but um, yeah. it's it's definitely not good. We are not going to see extended action from Gavin Salchuk this year. All right, uh, next reaction. BYU, who beat Baylor last weekend, the BYU Cougars, they're ranked 12th. They, had, they go to Oregon this weekend. They're a legitimate college football playoff contender. Now let me read the rest gonna, of the schedule for you here. I'm gonna, at, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say at okay, Oregon, go ahead, go ahead. At, at Oregon, which they're a slight underdog, 
They do get Notre Dame at home, but we've seen that Notre Dame has some real issues. They play Arkansas at home this year, who's a top-10 team. Um, but outside that, unless a road trip to Liberty is tough, really BYU, if they get past this weekend in Oregon, their two toughest games left by far at home. Yeah, I think they're a legit contender for the playoff. I mean, you, you have to think, you know, they don't play a conference championship game. Um, you know, they've got that independent role, and usually that independent role in the playoff has been filled by Notre Dame. Well, I'm not breaking any news here, but that ain't happening this year. Um, so they've got a chance. I don't think I don't think that's an overreaction. I don't think so either. Now, can they be a one-loss team and still make the college football playoff? I would say no. I mean, the the, the conference, the absence of a conference championship game, and I think the fact that that Notre Dame win is not going to look as good if they get that win as it would have maybe before the year. An undefeated BYU, yes, absolutely. I think that they probably get in as the four seed. Are they a legit college football playoff contender? Yeah, man, I think they might be. They're 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 pretty good, dude. Yeah, the, the one one loss is going to be tough. The only loss I think they might be able to. You say they play Arkansas at home, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that might be the only one. I think Arkansas is going to win probably nine games this year. Um, and I think that's the only one that they could maybe, maybe if it's close, overtime type situation sustain. But, yeah, I think I think they'd have to go undefeated. But undefeated's on the table. Next reaction, it's not Danny Stutzman. It's not, uh, it's not, Bo, it's, it's not uh, Dylan Gabriel. Marcus Mims is OU's best, or Marvin Mims is OU's best player this year. Oh, that's that's not an overreaction. You think clearly. No, I, I, you didn't take long. Uh, yeah. you, Marvin Mims is their absolute best player on the team. I I think currently he is. I personally think that Danny Stutzman eventually will be, but I currently think that Marvin Mims is. I mean, you saw everybody in the stadium, everybody at home, the defensive corner, everybody knew. That ball on that last drive of the, of the first half against Kent State, that ball is going to Marvin Mims. And boom, went to him, couldn't stop it. Went to him, couldn't stop it. Then boom, they switched up the look. All of a sudden, Marvin Mims for the touchdown. Then they open up the second half. What? Who do they go through? To, who do they go to first? Marvin Mims draws a flag. You know, and, and it's that's the thing. He's a guy that you can just say, look. We're going to force feed him the ball, and there's not really much you can do about it. It's not a guy that you have to scheme for, you know, scheme open. He's a guy that can beat his guy across from him routinely, and he's got the sure hands. He was a freshman All-American for a reason. I think the answer to that is yes, but really the, the important answer here is what does OU think? And I think Jeff Lebby believes that uh, Marvin Mims is the best player that they have because when in doubt – what did they do on Saturday? All right, nothing else is working. Let's just throw it deep to our best player, even in a one-on-one spot, and let's let him go make a play. And that's what he did, right? I mean, he got them out of that tough offensive jam that they were in. So you think he's their best player? I think he's their best player. And I think that that staff feels like Marvin Mims is the best player that they have on the roster. And judging by his production, it's really hard to argue with that. Now, is an ideal situation – for your wide receiver to be the best player on the team? 
Maybe not. I mean, maybe you'd want your defensive tackle or your quarterback or a linebacker to be the best player. Like, that doesn't mean that OU has to, you know, be bad this year or anything. But right now, through two games, yeah, dude, I, the, the best wide receiver is the best player on their team. Yeah, well, and you look at, you look at uh, like, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's Ohio State's best player. Uh, and that's going to be a team that a lot of people have in the playoff. So that seems fine. How about Devontae Smith from a couple years ago, Heisman winner? He was the best player on that team, a lot of people would argue. I mean, he's the Heisman winner, for God's sake. Um, that team seemed to do pretty well, too. So your Heisman winner or your your wide receiver can be your best player. It's just uh, the rest, it better not be that big of a gap. What we're saying yeah. is, is Marvin Mims the best player on the team? That is, it's what it is, all right? I should have played it more. My apologies. He ranks 10th right now in uh, in receiving yards nationally. So, uh, And actually, I'm going to slide him up to 9th because uh, um, Tyron Smith got an extra game. So ninth, uh, ninth will, will do just fine. Good point, Zane and Tulsa. Uh, Turk is the best vlogger on the team. That is, that is definitely oh, accurate. Yeah, that's de- dead on balls accurate um, right there. From the 405, Marvin Mims may be the only guy that plays in the NFL. What? No. What? No way. That's no. Absolutely. No. Absolutely not. Uh consider only guy? Consider this. No. If the draft was tomorrow, who would be the first taken? Mims, I would think. Mims so it okay. Draft tomorrow. Yeah, I think I think it would be Mims that was taken. Woody Washington would would be kind of in that conversation. If if it were just today. Um, I don't think I don't think Woody quite has the size to be a first round corner, um, but yeah, I, I think I think Marvin is yeah the answer there. Yeah. So uh, what, one quick one, by the way, um, last take. Oh, and, and these are not my takes; these are just general takes. Before you attack me on the text line, last take is yeah, I am kind of buying in to what Texas did on Saturday. I think Texas is considerably better. They are miles better than what they were last season. Overreaction, dead on balls accurate. Oh, boy. Um, miles better than what they were last year. Are, are, is this is this a Hudson Card-led Texas team? Well, for the next um, three to four weeks it is, yes. Exactly. I mean, it's at. let's be clear. At Texas's ceiling, they are a very good team because they have a lot of talent. I mean, a lot of talent. So, at their ceiling, they are a very good team. But keep in mind, we saw this same thing play out when LSU came to town against Texas, and they lost a close one, and everybody said, oh, man, well, they can play with anybody. Texas was ranked number nine in the country that that year. They can play with anybody. Close loss, eventual national champion. Well, they went eight and five that year. And, yeah, so could they be better than last year? Well, I'd hope so. Better than five and seven? I'd hope so. But, you know, Texas is one of those teams you got to wait and see. I do think they can be a seven and five, maybe even eight and four, which would be a dramatic improvement, but still not not competing for a Big 12 championship. Is it a hot take if I say that they are going to lose another game before they play OU? Which their schedule before OU is UTSA at home, West Virginia at home, and at Tech. I think that they probably lose that Tech game if I have to pick. I'm telling you and everyone else right now, I am not going to be shocked if they lose to UTSA at home on Saturday. I'm not no, going to be shocked. I, 
I meet Meep. I've been on it. I've been on it. Uh, you know, for for months now. Meep Meep, the Roadrunners, man, they ain't nothing to trifle with. So I I think that Texas will be a two loss team rolling into Dallas, and I know that they lost a game and broke through the top twenty five. I think at number twenty, which I still think is ridiculous. But uh, they're they're losing another game before OU plays them. Texas will be a two loss team and outside the top twenty five. You guys have been killing it today on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. As always, keep them coming. 405-651-3439. We'll get to more next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. The homecoming parade is coming. Make sure you show up in the next gen. Weatherford himself, Ethan Downs, talking about this matchup against OU Nebraska, or the game on Saturday, OU Nebraska. And the tone from OU is uh, pretty consistent with everyone across the board, players, coaches. Everyone expects Nebraska to play their best game of the year, regardless of what's happened up to this point. And, it's funny, Travis. We've spent a few days already breaking this game down. We're going to spend a few more days before 11 a.m. on Saturday. And I feel like however we talk about this game, it's always going to come back to one key point. Well, let's see how well OU plays up front on the offensive line. In my mind, there is no bigger key to Saturday's game than that. We can talk about whatever we want, but everything is always going to come back to how much better does OU look on the, on the offensive line? That is really going to tell the story on Saturday. Well, of course, you, you could argue that it tells the story every game, right? I mean, it certainly told the story the first two games. I mean, they didn't end up being, uh, you know, too consequential. But what did we talk about after the first week? Oh, man, this offensive line, man. Dylan got hit first play of the game, you know, blah, blah. And then second game, what do we talk about, man? First half, couldn't move the ball thanks to that offensive line. I mean, it seems to be, you know, a conversation every week. I'm not sure we'll go, even even when they play well, I don't think we will really have a glowing conversation about them all year. This somewhat feels like a Justin Broyles situation where, you know, the early first impressions ends up, uh, you know, kind of controlling their narrative for the rest of the year because there are some, some people that still say, Man, I don't know. I don't know why Justin Burrow's out there. Well, he's—I uh, think he's third on the team in tackles, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. OU 49, Nebraska 17 is on the text line. That is well, very aggressive. I, I can see it because of the points they've already given up, right? Because if you look at their other opponents and you just look at how much more talented and and better coached Oklahoma is than their other opponents, then you can reason away. A higher score than the opponents. I mean, that that seems like it would be reasonable, right? Hey, yes. I mean, but if OU goes up there and wins forty-eight seventeen, I don't care what the spread ends up being at kickoff. Uh, I don't really care about anything. I will You'll be come out of your jorts. I will come out of my jorts with no T-shirt on. I'll be very impressed if they go up there and win by that score. Now I know nobody nationally will. Nobody nationally will care. Well, whatever, it was just the latest in a long line of losses for Nebraska. This team goes up there and plays that well, then I'm not going to claim them national title uh, champs or anything like that, national champs, but I'll be pretty impressed with that performance. It'd be hard not to. Right, and it's 
the, the national perspective, it feels a lot like Boise State did in 07 in the Fiesta Bowl. And I'm sorry for bringing up yeah, that game I, for anybody I mean, come that on. needs counseling. Uh, you got to explain further on that. Uh, don't, don't bring well, up that no, game. It's a, it's a no-win situation, right? You know. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the interim coach, you know. They, they have, they've had losses to, you know, a bunch of teams they shouldn't have. This, that, and the other. If OU goes in there and rolls, that's all you hear is, oh, well, of course they did. They should have. If OU struggles or, God forbid, loses – then we never hear the end of it. And, oh, OU was pretenders just like we thought, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it will not be because Nebraska is any good. Um, You brought up the Boise State game, so I feel like I can get away with bringing up a uh, another bad potential thought for Saturday. If, oh, if uh, Nebraska were to win this game on Saturday, unfortunately it would be one of the lasting images of this uh, of this 2022 season. Their first game with their interim head coach who used to play at Nebraska, beating OU, finally getting their big win for the first time in, I don't know, seven or eight years, they would tear down the goalpost. God, don't let it happen, but it would be one of the lasting images of this season if it did. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's a you know that's a rush-the-field moment, of course. Is It's interesting because we saw Texas Tech rush the field against Houston, which – you're not a you're not a serious football program if you rush the field after beating 25th ranked Houston. Let's just let's just get that out of the way. But I just can't imagine OU rushing the field. OU rushing the field for any win. I don't know. It just seems odd to me. And you had Texas fans that were saying, "If we win, we're rushing the field." And other Texas fans are saying, "No, we don't do that. We don't do that in Austin." But they were primed and ready to go if they were if, if Alabama missed that. Kick. I'm surprised they still didn't tear down the field goal post and rush the field in Austin for the moral <laughs> victory that they're claiming and the, the fact that Sark's like, well, this we can't use it as rat poison. We can't be rat poison this week. Everyone telling us how good they. are. It's like, did you guys actually win? Like the the tone that's coming no, out of Austin. Well, they I, didn't lose. They just ran out of time. Oh didn't my you hear? God, yes, I'm shocked that they did not rush the field. Have you seen how many tweets they've sent out about the attendance? Oh, oh my gosh! Um, the attendance. One hundred and five thousand people watched us lose, and all eyes on the horns because it was all eyes on Texas. Yeah, the, the, TV the TV ratings, ratings were so good. Jeez. Like, good lord! Like, bragging about how many people watch you lose has got to be the weirdest thing I've seen on social media. Uh, very fair point, Sean. I stand corrected. Nebraska will not rush the field if they do the unthinkable on Saturday because 78-year-olds don't rush the field. Best point of the day. Nebraska fans, <laughs> too old to get up and uh, rush the field. Yep. Yeah, I could see I could see that. Stewart that'd says – That'd be one corn-sweaty mess down there, though. Stewart says, watch Texas Tech give NC State all they want. Tech is a uh, double-digit underdog at NC State this week, but – NC State should have lost to – who did they play in week one? Was it ECU? I forgot who NC State played, but they should have lost week one of the season. Yeah, it's – that was one of those sexy teams everybody was picking. I think it may be just – I don't know. Is it is it Clemson fatigue? And people are just like, well, you know, Pitt lost, uh, you know, the Bolitnikoff winner and an NFL quarterback. You know, and Clemson, we're just kind of tired of them. So, oh, NC State. NC State's our pick. 
Yeah, it was ECU. Uh, they missed a couple of field goals to lose that game. So I was never buying the NC State hype. I definitely am not now. Uh, let me run through some scores here. OU wins 45-17. I, I read these because I want to get the feel of the confidence of where OU fans sit at right now. 45-17, 28-24. I feel like Nebraska is going to bring it. They have something to prove. Lone Scout says 52-7. Uh, this one says Nebraska is trash, and trash is in all caps. OU should roll in this game. OU 24, Huskers 10. De defense continues to roll. OU 41, Nebraska 20. Okay. I'm getting a little bit of a different tone from the text line than I did yesterday. I felt like we were at about a uh, 7 or 8 on the nervous scale yesterday. I feel like we're down to about a 4 today. I don't know what's changed. Well, I, thought, well, I think we're just continuing to make really good points, Tyler. Huh, yeah, that right. must be what it is. Must be what it is. <laughs> what, what's your nerve scale on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest? I would say I would say a four. I was gonna say five. I, I would say yeah, like like a, like a mid four. Like if I'm playing spades right now, I'm not I'm not saying strong four. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just keeping it right at four. Nothing fancy, um, but but no, I think I think part of it is just my excitement for being there. Is like I, it's hard to be nervous about the outcome of a game when you're so excited about like actually making the trip and 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 having fun and whatnot. So maybe that's just kind of ticking it down a little bit. But you know, when you ask me this question at kickoff come Saturday, ten. I don't know. I might. I might. I might change. Yeah, I might change my tune a little bit. That that that's me at OU Texas. Like all week long, I might, might be, be sitting in it. All and this is like I think this is most people for OU Texas. You sit there all week long at a two or a three, and you kind of maintain that throughout your drive down south to Dallas. But for whatever reason, when they kick that off, it's, oh, God, that's right. Anything can happen in this game. It's like up to a nine or ten right before kick. But, yeah, hey. Well, and after, that, after, after about five minutes in, we were probably at about a 17 or 18 on a scale of ten of nervousness. Yeah. All right, we got a couple more segments remaining on this Wednesday. It is The Rush, live on The Ref. You know what we're doing. More college football on the other side. Keep it locked right here on the Homeless Suitor Fans. Nebraska's interim head coach, he says, no, we do not have a losing culture here. We just haven't won very many games recently. Which, I don't really know how that really works, Travis, when you've lost, what, 13 games since November 21st of 2020. Actually, you've lost 14 games since November 21st of 2020. But, uh, okay, I guess you don't have a losing culture in Lincoln. All right. At, yeah, at what point do you do you have to lose sixteen games sense. in that time span to to not? Now, I, I, well, I don't get it. There, do you have to lose? Do you have to lose by eight every game? Do you have to lose by eleven? Like losing is losing, you know. Like Dom Toretto, inch or a mile, you know, winning is winning, and 
you can't repeatedly lose and say you don't have a losing culture because what's the opposite of a losing culture, Tyler? A uh, The opposite of a losing culture. Oh, I was wanting to throw in an A&M joke there, but you said opposite. So I guess I'll say Alabama. No, I mean, just simply, like, what? what's the opposite of losing? Winning. Winning. So a winning culture. So apparently Nebraska doesn't have a losing culture, according to Mickey Joseph. Do they have a winning culture? Because they sure as hell haven't been winning. No, you got to beat Georgia Southern to claim uh, any type of winning culture whatsoever. Husker fan for over 50 years living in Edmond. Nebraska, we are horrible. OU, y'all should kick us, but good. And for God's sake, don't give some of these fans that want Mickey Joseph to be the next head coach any fuel. I guess uh, there's yeah, at least one Nebraska don't give fan. Malik, <laughs> don't give Malachi Coleman uh, any reason to think that uh, Mickey Joseph will stick around as head coach. Yeah. I uh, Also, I, uh, there, there was a text about the run game. Yeah. Um, from, from the 918, uh, if this run game doesn't improve, we will have another one-score game Saturday. First of all, we haven't, we haven't had a one-score game yet, and – we don't rank very highly in rushing yards per game, but it, when when OU has been bad at something recently, they've been real bad, right? Like, you can look at a pass defense that ranked in the hundreds. You can look at, um, I mean, they're, uh, they're obviously a lot of them are going to be defensive stats. That's, that's bad. We're ranked 42nd in the country in rushing right now. That's not great. I totally get it. We want to be better than that. But you have to remember, the offensive line is going to improve, even if slightly, against Nebraska with the addition of Wanya Morris or the return of Wanya Morris. And then also, with that 42nd ranked run defense, we've we, we've got what a 68 point uh, win differential. I mean, we're pl- and sure we played UTEP, we played Kent State. Well, Nebraska has been out here losing to Georgia Southern and Northwestern, so. I, I don't see anything that says if we play like we've been playing, it will be a one-score game against Nebraska. We've kept everything extremely vanilla. When Jeff Levy said, okay, let's let's stop messing around, we ran off, you know, 31 straight offensive points. Yeah. Look, the fact is is that we can poll the audience, how nervous are you for this game, how tough of a game is it going to be, you know, Nebraska's going to play their best game. Like, all those points could be true. If this team is the team that we think it is or thought it was going to be coming into the year, you you win this game against Nebraska. It does not matter if Nebraska plays its best game of the year or it's a crazy environment in Lincoln. If you're a legitimate college football playoff contender, you go up to Lincoln and win this week with how you've played at certain spots this year. Because OU has no room whatsoever, man after the first half last week offensively, to think that they can just roll up there, show up, and win. And I don't think that they have that attitude with this coaching staff. I'm just saying, if this team, if they are who we think they are, they'll, they'll go up there and handle business, and it won't be much of an issue. Yeah, a win, a win for me is I think we go up there and handle business. A win for me is we keep everything on the tuck and wait to actually show some exotic looks against Kansas State, who looks like the real deal. Yeah. I just don't think Nebraska has shown us that we need to completely, you know, bust open the whole playbook wide to to compete with them. I, I don't. I think I think the 
you 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 do that and you see Texas, you know, looking pretty good against Alabama, you know, you're you have motivation to continue to hold back some of your exotic looks um, on defense and open up the open up the playbook entirely on offense. I mean, we saw the one reverse to Gavin Freeman, and then a lot of the rest of the stuff has been pretty vanilla. Like I said earlier, I think we're going to see a lot of Dil- – not a lot. We're going to see more of Dylan Gabriel in the run game. Saw it on the first, I agree. first half against UTEP, and I don't know if we've seen it since. You're going to see uh, DG unleashed a little bit, which I like, man. I, I really like him as, a, as an option in the run game. And I think that if we see the run game have more success, that that's an area where I think we could see it is, you know, it's a little bit easier to defend the run against a team when there's no threat of the quarterback run. If there's the threat of the quarterback run, it opens up so much more in the run game and I think with the threat of Dylan Gabriel on Saturday, it's going to be a lot tougher to stop OU's run game. At least, again, that's all of our hope well, look on at Saturday. Kent State. Look at Kent State. They they really took advantage of exactly what you're saying, that quarterback run. Obviously, they had a, a big, big body that they could uh, run around on you, and he had some he had some moves, you know. But every how many times, Tyler, did you see just just a, a, a read option? He'd have the ball in the running back. He'd pull it out. Running back was getting hit, or if he was getting hit, he'd let it go. We we saw that and how effective it can be against us. I have no reason to believe that it can't be equally as effective when we start using that. But I also think we haven't been shown reason to use it yet. Casey Thompson's going to have to be a star as well. He's going to have to clearly be the best quarterback on the field, which I think that's going to be really tough for him to do because the defense that he's facing – is not really comparable to the defense that Dylan Gabriel is facing, but the point still stands. Casey Thompson's going to have to be the better quarterback, and I think that's going to be really difficult for him to do. Yeah, I, I, I just don't see it. I, I like I like Casey Thompson, and I think he's a good quarterback. Would have loved him uh, to come to Oklahoma uh, and and compete for that backup role, and and then see what how kind of the season played out. But again. He looks a little bit different without Xavier Worthy, you know, you know, obviously an NFL talent, one of the best receivers in the country uh, that he's throwing to, and and Bijan Robinson behind him that de- that defenses were absolutely forced to account for. So when when you take those those weapons away, among other weapons, you know, it, it affects how a quarterback looks. Yeah, it does. All right, final segment of the rush is coming up next, which means the final opportunity for you to get in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We'll get to more of your text, more college football coming up. Keep it locked on the ref.